Open your Bibles to uh, Luke chapter 6, and uh, we'll get there in just a minute. But I think it's uh, important that once in a while we, uh, we quote Scripture out loud. Now, I know that you have probably memorized John 3.16 at some point in your life. It is uh, one of those verses, I think, if you, if you memorize any verse in the Bible, it's probably John 3.16. I like John 3.16 because it encapsulates the whole gospel in one verse of Scripture. We like to quote it out loud once in a while because I think it's good for us to, to number one, pull that out of our memory wherever it may be lurking and, uh, and hear ourselves talk about Scripture. But one of the reasons I think it's important and why John 3.16 is important is because it, it contains, the, as I said, the center of the gospel. I mean, it takes all of the Bible, condenses it in really one verse of Scripture, and there is a key in there, and that is that God gives, okay? And what causes him to give is that he loves us. When we love, we give, amen? We've been talking about forgiveness. When we love other people, we forgive them. That's part of giving. We're going to talk about a lot of different ways that we give today, including forgiveness. It can change our lives. But before we get too far down the line, John 3.16, I wonder if you just say it out loud with me. I'll take the lead on it, but you, you catch up. Say it with me. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Okay. The key part of that verse is that God so loved the world that he gave. He gave us his only begotten son, who's our savior, Jesus Christ. And we are grateful for that. But, you know, one of the things that I think is important for us to understand in, in this whole idea of giving is, is this should be reflective of our whole lives. And, and I know we've been talking specifically about forgiveness and what that means, what that entails. Um, but it is a life uh, time and a lifespan of, of how we give. In the Garden of Eden, there were two trees. There, there were lots of trees, but the two are named. I should say two named trees in the Garden of Eden. One is the Tree of Life. You may know the other one. It is the Tree of the Knowledge of Good and Evil. Okay? Uh, unfortunately, that is the tree from which uh, Adam and Eve took the fruit and ate that was forbidden by the Lord, and we have suffered with the consequences of that ever since. We have a tendency to want to live under the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, but the problem with that is, is that good, the things that we think are good, they become evil. And uh, you ever have good intentions that ended up badly? Hmm? You just meant to do something good and uh, it turned out not the way that you wanted to. That's kind of the way the tree of the knowledge of good and evil works. We intend good, but it becomes evil. And this isn't a sermon about that per se, but I, I just want to give some background. On the other hand, the tree of life gives life. And that's the tree that we need to live under. It's, it's entirely a uh, different way of living, 
different way of thinking. We've been talking a lot about the Sermon on the Mount. Pastor Scott preached on that just a few weeks ago, and we've been kind of referencing parts of the Sermon on the Mount ever since. One of the things that, if you are reading that, heard testimony that somebody took up the challenge to to read uh, Matthew 5, 6, and 7 each week, reading the Sermon on the Mount, is that you'll recognize that it really turns our way of life on its head. The things that are natural to us in in terms of uh, how we naturally respond to situations, retaliation and and paybacks and, and vengeance and all of those things, well, that's Jesus absolutely upends that. If we are to live as the kingdom of God is uh, spelled out to us, Jesus is speaking about that in the uh, Sermon on the Mount, it's not something that we naturally gravitate to. And so it's leaving, you know, our tendency to live under the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and living under the tree of life. And, and a part of that is just uh, giving uh, in, in many different ways. You know, and I, when I... You know, of all the topics pastors may choose to speak on, there are some that are harder to talk about than others. You know, love is an easy topic. We can talk about love all day long. Nobody disagrees with love. It's a wonderful thing. Grace is an easy topic. We love grace. Thank you, God, for giving us grace in our lives. Encouragement's an easy topic to to, uh, talk about. Everybody loves to be encouraged. But giving, not as easy to talk about. Everybody kind of sits on their wallet a little harder, right? And I just want to just give everybody some, some uh, assurance here. We already received the offering, okay? So we're not going to receive another offering um, or anything like that. But we want to talk about giving different ways that we give. And certainly giving of our money is one that we hear and, and practice a lot. But there are so many ways to give when you think about the word forgiveness, which we've been talking about, it is a form of giving. Okay? It is a form of giving. It's right in the, in the word itself. Forgive. Forgiving is a, a difficult topic for us. You know, we're, we're a little afraid to forgive sometimes. We're, you know, afraid that if we forgive somebody that they'll get off scot-free and, and we'll be disadvantaged some way. But forgiveness is a, is a form of giving, and, and I, why I think, you know, it sets us a little bit on edge. So we should talk about this and, and just see what God's Word would, would speak to us in our sometimes difficulty of practicing forgiving. Our ability to forgive, I, I believe, sets the tone of our lives. The giving in general, it, you know, if we have a difficult time forgiving people that have hurt us, I think it kind of speaks to our whole ability to give in the first place. And if you want to experience wholeness, we have to be people who give. We have to be people who really act more as a conduit of God's blessings and resources and and all the advantages and favor that God gives us. Give those as we receive them. We've all heard the uh, saying all of our lives, I'm sure, is that you can't out-give God. How many have heard that? that uh, statement before. You can't outgive God. And the truth of the matter is is God has much more to give us than we can receive. And the supply will never dry up. If we were better givers, we could receive more of what God has for us. We want to practice every form of giving that uh, we can avail ourselves to. 
Luke chapter 6, and that's, I think, uh, where I directed you a moment ago. Luke chapter 6, verse 38, is great scripture on giving. And I don't want you to write this off. I don't want you to think I'm speaking this prosperity sermon. Although, let me say this. I don't apologize for the word prosperity, okay? I I don't apologize for saying that uh, this is a prosperity verse. I will say is that the word prosperity sometimes, I think, has been abused, all right? But I believe that God wants to prosper us. I make no apology about that at all. I believe it is in God's heart that he wants to prosper us. You know, it's like my children and, well, my children have been replaced by their children, my grandchildren. I want them to prosper, right? I want them to prosper. I want them to have every advantage. I want them to live happy and whole lives. And it's not because, you know, I'm perfect. It's because, you know, that God has given us the ability to, to add to their lives in, in such a way, and it's a delight. Luke chapter 6, verse 38, is Jesus' own words to us, okay? So if we have a problem with this idea we got to take it to Jesus because this is what he's, he's speaking to us. He says, give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, this is key, for with the same measure that you used, it will be measured back to you. Lots of scriptures that, that dovetail with this very thought. and You use a small measure that's what we get measured back. That's how we, if we give with small measure, we get a small measure. If we give with large measure, we get with large measure. And that's, that's what Jesus is talking about here and applies giving to the Lord, to others, and also to forgiving, okay? If we find it hard to forgive, it will be hard for us to receive forgiveness. You know, I think we want, we want to be forgiven. If, if we do something that we are in the wrong about, I think we would really love to receive forgiveness. And, and we really hold the key to that, that as we forgive, we will be forgiven. And with the measure that we forgive, our forgiveness will be measured back to us. So we decide the amount which we want to not only give, but also to receive. So be generous with your forgiveness, and God will be generous with our forgiveness as well. You know, to succeed at the theme that we've chosen for this year, which is above and beyond, living above and beyond, and it's a little bit vague, but what are we living above and beyond? You know, just the, the mundane, the normal, the, the status quo. If we want to live and rise above that, We need to understand this principle. We need to understand what it means to live under the tree of life. We need to understand what it it means to participate with the promise of God when he says, give and it shall be given to you. We have to do a better job at forgiveness, forgiving. You know, everything about our faith, and especially when it comes to forgiveness, is either validated or invalidated by our willingness and readiness to forgive. If we want to be like God, it has been stated, it's not my quote, but um, that the closest we can get to being like God is to forgive. Because that's God's nature, is to forgive us. And if we want to be like God, then 
we also need to be ready to forgive. It's not like we can withhold forgiveness and claim some kind of spiritual superiority. It either validates us or invalidates us. So of the themes of Matthew chapter 6, which is the middle chapter of the Sermon on the Mount, uh, Jesus opens that chapter with several things. He says, don't be like this, okay? So there's a list of things to not be like. He describes what genuine faith is. Jesus implores us not to be like the hypocrites who, when they give, okay? So there's the hypocrites even gave, but they gave with wrong motives. They gave in order to be seen by other men somehow elevate their status with other people watching them as they gave in the marketplace to perhaps those who were needy or, or begging there. So they would give not to you know, live the abundant life, not to live under the tree of life, but to receive praise from other men. And Jesus said, you know what? They have their reward. The, the, the praise they get from others is the reward that they, they receive. And he says, and don't be like the hypocrites when you pray. Now, is giving good? Yes. Is praying good? Yes. But Jesus, again, speaking to the motive of the heart, he says, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who kind of make these long prayers in the marketplace where they can be seen and heard by by others. He says, you know, when you pray, that you go to your your closet of prayer, and there God will will, uh, meet you and speak to you in in, uh, in your pride. And it's not, it's not for display. It's not for somehow garnering others' praise uh, over what we do. And he says, when you fast, don't, don't be like the hypocrites. And, and when you forgive, and that's where Jesus goes into the story of the unmerciful servant who is given, forgiven great debt by the king, goes and demands payment from a fellow servant who uh, had much less, and yet he demanded that uh, payment from him. So Jesus speaking to all of these things is that when we, when we practice these things is that we are to do them out of a, a true and a pure heart and one towards God and living under the tree of life. You know, spiritual growth comes when we learn how to give. If giving isn't a part of our life in some way, and which includes forgiveness, we'll not grow as Christians, as believers. When we learn to give, it is the key to unlocking life-giving energy that comes when we give full control to the Holy Spirit. And to develop this trait in our lives, we learn that there are times that we give in different ways. When we come to Christ, I think one of the ways that we give is is that we give up control. Have you ever given up? Now, sometimes we give up out of frustration or, or exhaustion or feeling overwhelmed. We sometimes are tempted to give up. I'm not talking about that kind of giving up. I'm talking about intentionally giving up our, the control of our lives to Christ. How many know that's difficult to do? All right. There's been all kinds of you know, fears over the years you know, that somehow if we give up our control of our lives to, to Jesus, that he's going to send us to Africa or something like that, right? Now, I don't know why Africa is such a terrible place uh, or fearful place for us to be sent. But, you know, I, I believe this. If God sent us to Africa, it would be the place 
where I believe that we would thrive and we would find purpose and wholeness in our lives because Jesus would send us there with the purpose he would uh, direct our lives with and we would find that kind of fulfillment in doing this. Giving up, you know, not in resignation, not in abandonment to despair, but in a surrender of self-righteousness. We give up our, our right to be right. Is that hard? Is that hard? I, when I'm asking the question, I'm, I'm really asking that question to myself because the answer is yes. <laughs> yes, it's hard. It's hard to give up the right to be right. We give up our demand for, for fairness. If we demand fairness in life, we will always, always be disappointed. Okay? I've preached a message. In fact, it's a great message message on fairness and justice. If you, if you haven't heard that, let me just give you a couple a little synopsis of that. And I may make you mad, but that's okay. I've got too many friends. I need to lose a few. All right. <laughs> what does it mean, you know, to, to say that we, we're not about fairness? Well, you know what? There is, there is no standard for fairness. And that's why in the world that we live in right now, everybody is so angry. Why? Because everybody is demanding that things be fair. And when everybody demands that things be fair, you can be sure that no one will be happy, okay? There is no standard, there's no definition for fairness that, that works. Let me say this, and this is part of it might make you angry. God is not fair, okay? God is not fair. He, is not, he has never been fair. He is not fair right now, and he is not fair in the future. He will never be fair. God has never been fair at all, okay? And that's uh, because fairness is a, is a slippery standard. What is fair today is not fair tomorrow. But let me suffice all of this to say God is not fair, but he is just, okay? Now, with justice, there is... Uh, a standard, and, uh, and that is what is written in the law. Every word that God speaks is his word, which is our law. He stands by that. And so God operates through justice and not fairness. You know, that's why some people would expect us to abandon certain things written in Scripture. Why? Because it's not fair. That is of no concern to God himself, whether it's fair or not. That doesn't matter. But what does matter is justice. And God says, thou shalt do this, and thou shalt not do this. And that is something that doesn't change ever. Why? Because it is written in his word, is written in law. And as I said, fairness is a standard that we'll never get a grip on. Whatever argument you can make for fairness you can just destroy that argument by just responding, well, that's not fair. You may never achieve the kind of agreement that you're looking for. So understand when we give up, we give up our right to be right. We give up our demand for fairness. We give up our demand to be judge and jury against our offender. That's a difficult step. But it is a step that God has taken with us. He has forgiven us and given us the ability to be his sons and daughters, uh, forgiving our sin, and we give up our right to be in control. Number two is, is to forgive, and we've talked about this at length the last couple of Sundays, but to release what otherwise could be retained as a grudge or anger or as pain or internalized stress, 
because of perceived or real injustices that we have experienced in our lives. And when we forgive, we cease to demand payment for the loss and injury that we have received from someone else. We, we forgive them and we allow God to deal with that situation. I got to thinking about the origin of the word forgive. What, what is forgive? Again, it's a, it's a form of giving. Years ago, the place that uh, we probably would encounter the, the word forbearance the most would be with a bank. And if somehow we were late on a payment or in somehow weren't able to make our obligations with a loan, the bank might offer forbearance to us. And what is that? It's like, okay, we know you didn't meet the standard. We know that you weren't able to make payment or full payment on, on your obligation to us, but we will give you forbearance, okay? We'll forgive you. Uh, that you didn't make your obligation. And uh, that's called forbearance. And so what we are doing in forgiving, we are giving forbearance to another. Even though they may owe us, even though somehow there's a debt that they have towards us, we forgive or give forbearance when it is not possible for that debt to be satisfied. And, and when we do that, when we give forbearance, we release others from the debt to repay or repair or reimburse or reciprocate our forgiveness. It's over. Forgiving, forgiveness is difficult at times because we might, we might have a legitimate complaint against someone else. They have wronged us. And yet, if we hold on to that, we will find ourselves uh, frustrated, angry, losing that tree of life. The demand for uh, fairness and, and repayment, all of that comes out of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But to live under the tree of life is a totally different way of life. And we'll look at some scripture here in just a moment that will help us understand the emphasis that, that Jesus gives on forgiving others. Third way to give is uh, to give over. Now, we can learn to place into the hands of Jesus matters which only his might, wisdom, and justice can sufficiently handle. When we realize, you know, hey, this matter is too much for me. I, I, need, I need to give this over to God. I, I have forgiven it, and I am, I am giving this over to Jesus to handle for me because it is more than I can adequately deal with. And, you know, I think the difficulty with this sometimes is really a question of trust. Do we trust Jesus to do the right thing? Do we trust God to, that the outcome of our situation is going to be the right outcome, a just outcome? And sometimes we, we don't want to give over to God some of the things that we are dealing with because I think sometimes we, have a, we, we doubt God's faithfulness and that we could trust him to handle our hurts or that somehow God isn't going to satisfy, you know, our need for this, you know, retribution or vengeance or any of those things. And, and I think that when we have trouble giving over our cares and desires to God, then, then we need to examine that question of trust. Do I trust God? Do I trust his word? Do I trust what he's asking me to do? 
Jesus invites us, you know, to cast all our care upon him because he cares for us. Can we do that? Can we do that? Sometimes we carry it because we think that somehow we alone have the ability to get justice out of it. We can also give to. I think um, this is probably the aspect of giving that, that we hear most about, and that's usually with some of our resource or whatever. But with discernment, I think we can learn to provide with generosity in assisting the circumstances of another human being or, or group of people. Last Sunday, we spoke about this a little bit in our intent to be what I call being a yes church. I don't know, you know, if you, you get a, a phone call from someone who's asking you for something, if you listen with a yes mindset or with a no mindset, right? Uh, if, you know, somebody calls me and said, hey, I'd like to talk to you about your car warranty, guess what kind of mindset I'm, t- I'm thinking with right there, right? I'm thinking with a no mindset, no thank you. But, you know, as Christians and believers in, in the church here, um, we have a yes mindset when we get a phone call or, you know, somebody comes in and says, hey, I have a need you know, with the right vetting and everything, because we, we want to be good stewards of God's resources, and we want to be able to help when we're able to help. And, and so we listen with a yes mindset. I've told uh, Lene, who runs our office, when certain agencies call, Love Incorporated or Food Bank or whatever, they, they have a need, and they say, can you help? The answer is yes, okay? Just so they know. And we'll figure out how what that yes looks like, but when they say, can you help, can you contribute in some way, the answer is yes, okay? That's the the mentality that that we want as we listen to legitimate needs. We want to at least be part of solution. I think it's important sometimes that we don't get under a false guilt when somebody asks for help. Sometimes we feel obligated to meet the entire need, and that may not be what God is asking us to do. Sometimes, you know, we can say, you know, I can be a part of the solution. I I may not be the whole solution, but I can be part of the solution. And uh, certainly God has other people, other resources that can also be part of the solution. And we can respond with whatever God has given us the ability to respond with. And we want to be generous to others in ways that are helpful and constructive. You know, I I think it's important, you know, when, when we give to with a yes mindset. If you can imagine yourself in a place, and we don't like to be in that place, where you yourself need help. If you've ever had to ask for help, how difficult that is. That's just not part of our culture. We don't like doing it. We like to give, but we don't want to receive. We, we don't want to be on the receiving side of that so often. But I think it's important, you know, when we put ourselves in the other person's place who has to ask because they, they lack, is that the encouraging thing to them, the thing that, that uh, lifts their spirit is the answer, yes. You know, can you help me? The answer is yes. And, uh, and what a difference that makes. Listen to what Jesus speaks here in Luke chapter 6, verses 34 through 36. This is challenging. I'll say this. This is challenging to us. And uh, like I said, it turns our, our way of life on its head. It kind of flips it uh, over. And, and it's difficult for us to, to ponder these things. Luke chapter 6, verse 34, he says, And if you lend to those from whom you hope to receive back, 
What credit is that to you? For even sinners lend to sinners and receive as much back. But, and here's the, here's the difficult part, but love your enemies. <laughs> uh, don't you wish that just wasn't in the Bible? I mean, you know, just being honest here, right? Love your enemies. Because what does, what does love cause us to do? To give, yeah. Love causes us to give. But love your enemies, do good and lend, hoping for nothing in return. Really? And your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High. For he is kind, this is God himself, for he is kind to the unthankful and evil. Wow. You know why, you know why that's good news? Because we were once the unthankful and evil, right? And he was kind to us. Now it's kind of like now we're on the inside, we want him to stop being kind to the unthankful and evil, right? Because now we, you know, we're on the inside and we've got ours. But this is what God said. He is kind to the thankful and uh, unthankful and evil. Therefore, be merciful just as your Father also is merciful. So when we give to, it's not a test of how worthy the recipient is. And you, can, you can examine Jesus' words there. They're challenging. I'll, I'll not, I'll not uh, soft sell that. Um, but it's not a test of the worthiness of the recipient. It is a test of, a, of how merciful we are. And I think that's more important to God than whatever the person in need gets. How merciful are we? We have received mercy. Are we willing to give mercy and uh, give to someone else? Another way that we give is we can give in in this sense is that we practice patterns and principles of giving as a discipline you know god has a plan for our 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 life in ways that we can give and and i i'll just tell you you know when we come to faith and practice faith and and all part of it is giving and uh giving to the lord and uh, that's difficult. That's difficult. There's a barrier that we have a difficult time breaking through sometimes in our, in our giving. But there are patterns and principles that we release ourselves from self-centeredness, uh, a survival mindset of scarcity. I tell you, that's kind of at the bottom. That's the bottom line, I think, of a fear to give uh, to the Lord. Um, is the scarcity mindset that if I give, there will be less for me. And that is our fear. And that's under the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Um, but God has given us not a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And, and so we wrestle with this sometimes. But if we are going to grow and we're going to break through and see God do something in our lives practice the principles of scripture especially when it comes to giving you know there are laws of harvest uh jesus teaches on that and yet sometimes we still find it difficult to release even what belongs to god you know when we talk about paying our tithes to the lord you know that's kind of the basic uh part of giving you know that releases god's blessing on our lives and and we shortchange ourselves when we don't participate in that you know if we really believe God's word and this is you know where I struggled when I when I had struggles with with giving what uh, the Bible 
talks about paying, paying the tithe and all of that. My struggle was, you know, do I really believe the word of God or do I not? Okay, bottom line, bottom line. Do I believe that God will bless me if I give as he, not because of some preacher strong-arming us or, you know, somehow manipulating us to give. I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking what the Bible says. And yet, you know, do I, do I believe that God will bless if I am obedient, if I am faithful, if I am consistent in giving as he prescribes? As we grow, we give in to the will of God and allow him to direct us into freedom in our ability to give. And then the final thought here when it comes to giving here is, is that we should give wisely in every area of our life. When we trust God that he will provide and allow us not only to be sustained or survive, but, but to go above and beyond that, to prosper. I don't know how you see God. I think some people are maybe a little fearful of God. I think sometimes we think that God is just waiting for us to step out of line so he can punish us in some way. Some see God as, as maybe just sort of detached from our lives and behavior and, you know, just kind of an anything goes and it's, just, you know, he gives us grace. So we really don't have to be careful about how we live or what we say or what we do. I think, you know, that we need to understand that God allows us to make the choices, but his blessing is not one of our choices <laughs> unless we choose to do it God's way. You know, when we come to an understanding of the reciprocal laws of God, which command us to give, but also to receive more than what we give. That's the verse we started with, uh, I think it was Luke uh, 6.38. Um, give and it shall be given to you. Do you believe that? Do you believe that in your heart? Is that something you believe enough to practice? And, and you know, it's given, it shall be given to you and not just, you know, in the, in the same manner in which we gave, but it will be returned to us, pressed down, shaken together, running over. And that's God's words, not mine. So when we allow ourselves to trust God in that, give wisely in accordance with uh, what his word uh, declares, then we can give. I, I want to say this, you know, sometimes we get under a false guilt and that, that, you know, sometimes we feel this pressure to give more than what we have or what we should give. But I think it's important for us to understand that that we should not be under any kind of guilt or pressure to give at any time. And if God has given us a resource and we feel good about it, you know, it's like, yeah, I, I feel good about giving, um, then we participate in that. doesn't mean we have to bankrupt ourselves or give more than we should, but uh, certainly whatever God has prescribed. You know, when I think about even a farmer, when he brings in a harvest of whatever grain or whatever he, in theory, you know, I, I don't know modern farming practices, but, but if you uh, gather in your harvest, you hold some back for seed for next year, right? And if you gave the whole thing away or if you ate your whole harvest, you would have nothing uh, for which to replant for years to come. So you can give too much. You can give uh, in, a, in a way that uh, would uh, be a wrong kind of giving. 
But God gives us opportunities to give, and we should not withhold. Here's, here's a, some interesting uh, words from uh, Proverbs. Proverbs eleven twenty four says, There's one who scatters, yet increases more. And there is one who withholds more than what is right. But it leads to poverty. Interesting verse of scripture there. Uh, the lament of Haggai, minor prophet of the Old Testament, Haggai 1.6 six. Uh, says this, you have sown much and bring in little. You eat but do not have enough. You drink and are not filled with drink. You clothe yourselves but no one is warm. And he who earns wages, earns wages to put into a bag with holes. And in the whole context here, you can look at Haggai only has two chapters. You could read it uh, in a short amount of time if you want to read the whole thing. And Haggai's lament here is that the Children of Israel here were trying to freelance in their ability to, you know, not give to the Lord. The word of the Lord through Haggai was that the Lord's temple was in ruins. His house was in ruins. Nobody was responding to that. The house was in ruins because no one was giving. So the, the problem is, is that they sowed much, but they brought in little. They ate, but they didn't have enough. They drank, but were not filled with drink. They uh, tried to clothe themselves, but no one was warm. And those who earned wages put wages into a bag with holes. And, uh, you know, it is, it is better for us to obey God when he says that we are to give, we are to forgive, because to do otherwise is to even sabotage ourselves when uh, we think that, you know, we can, we can direct our, our own path in our own way. So it's a lifelong journey of learning, trusting, growing, and nearing the place of perfection as we begin to emulate more and more of God's own nature. And, and if you think that's too great a statement, I, I, want, I want to read as, uh, my final scripture today, Second Peter 1.3. And I think this should just give us hope is that when it's difficult, when it's hard, when it's hard to trust, when it's hard to have faith, when fear is, is strong and we want to kind of write our own rules about what the Bible is clear about, just remember this verse in, in 2 Peter 1.3. Peter writes, he says, His divine power has given to us all things. Uh, another word for that would be everything. He has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who has called us by glory and virtue. So we have everything, we have all things that pertain to life and godliness. We can live this life, we can live the abundant life, we can live under the tree of life, we can live in, in such a way that, that seems to defy uh, common logic, you know, natural way of thinking. And we can live, if you will, the uh, Sermon on the Mount, as upside down and backwards as that is to our present way of life, we can live that, and because we have been equipped, we have been uh, empowered to do so by the power of the Holy Spirit, we've been given all things that pertain to life and godliness. And if we will just believe that and stand on that, um, then I, I think we will see that happen in our lives. I think it's uh, important for us to, to understand that giving and forgiving is, I think, the entry point for us to experience God's best. 
And if we have difficulty forgiving, if we have difficulty giving in any manner or way, that's, that's a place where God can work miracles in our lives. We, and trust him and, and just leave the results with God. You know, we can forgive. Why? Because when we forgive somebody else, it releases them into the hands of God. And it is better for God to deal with them than, than we just, sometimes we're just powerless to do anything. And releasing you know, someone into the hands of God that we forgive is the way that God can bring justice to a situation. And, and we don't have to manipulate, we don't have to control, we don't have to in any way, um, you know, be uh, controlling for the results and just allow God to do his greatest work in our lives as well as their lives. And that's what God wants for us. I believe God's a good God. Can you say amen to that? <laughs> he is. 